0: Excuse me, can you tell me how to get to Mauna Kea? Oh, Auntie, okay, so you take this road out this way, then you take on the right. You go five miles down the road, when you reach Sarango Chita, it looks like a dog. You take that road, you go on the right, then you take another left, then you take another right, Brother. and then you take one more left. He gave in the wrong directions. So, Auntie, he's wrong. Actually, you gotta take the left after you take the right, and head. Ten miles down. And if you know, see the brother with ukulele. ukulele. You saw the ukulele Right? No worries. Because it's actually the no, uncle with the No, 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 no. Okay. He, What he telling you wrong, okay? So this is what you do. After you pass the mango tree that like on dog, you're supposed to take two not a rights. Oh, cuz, I think you're right. Was the mango tree that looked like one dog, but wasn't the brother playing the ukulele. Was the uncle cutting the coconuts, right? No, wait. It was actually left. Auntie, just take one left and you're good you good. Just take one left, man. Right? Uh, yeah, you find me. Roger. Uh, thank you. I, I think she's still lost. <laughs> oh, man. Have you ever been given wrong directions? Yeah, I think we've all been given wrong directions. Or how many of you were given right directions, but you listened wrong? Now, wives, don't look at your husbands because that's many of us. We listen wrong. Today, as we continue in our series uh, where we're, we're reaching people one relationship at a time, we want to talk about do all religions lead to God? Because there's, a, there's a, a thought that all religions will lead to God. And in actuality, because it's a misconception and misconception of us thinking that all religions lead to God, there's a process that happens in the brain that makes us believe what we want to believe because we're created in such a way that the Bible says eternity is put in the hearts of man, that God put it there. So we're always longing for something eternal. That's why we want to stay as young as possible, as long as possible, young-looking as long as possible because it's inside of us to say we want to live forever. So it's inside of us already. So you attach with that someone who does not know God or someone who does not understand the things of God. Religion is born. See, religion is man's attempt to reach God. That's what religion is. And so if it's man's attempt to reach God, then how do we reach God? How do we get there? And if our vision here and the series that we're going through is reaching people one one relationship at a time, then where are they heading? Are they heading to a God? Or are they heading to a form of God? Are they heading to a religious belief or a system of believing? Where do people head? Because if all roads lead to God, then why not just believe whatever fits your needs? In fact, that's what is happening in today's world is everyone has a certain belief. So if they don't know about the one true God, then you can make up anything to make you feel good. That's why people have a hard time reading this. Because if we read the truth, now we have to change because you can't change the truth. The truth stays that way. But the Bible also tells us that you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It shall set you free. So how, how do we kind of pick this apart then? Do all religions lead to God? And, and, and what does that mean, religion? And, and, and with all the different religions in the world, which one is correct? Because that's what everybody wants to say, which one is correct. Some years ago, there was a big debate on the Oprah Winfrey Show, and And one of the debates was uh, she was saying that there are many ways to God. And then you had Christians in the audience that would say, no, there isn't many ways to God. There is only one way. And Oprah uh, refuted or or, um, uh, responded, and she said, no, no, no. There can't only be one way to God. And she said, what about all those who are living in remote places who has never heard the name of Jesus Christ Because this lady on the show was saying, there's only one way, it's through Jesus Christ. And then Oprah was given a good argument. She said, what about those who came before Jesus Christ, who lived before Him? They couldn't call upon His name, so there couldn't possibly be one way. Which is a great argument. What about those who have never heard of the name Jesus Christ? So when she said that, I thought, wait a minute. That means there are people in our world, even Christians, wondering, do all religions lead to God? Does, 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 does the religion that my friend believes in lead to God? What about that person who believes in this? What about the atheists? What about the Buddhist? What about those who believe in Shintoism? What about uh, Mormonism? What about uh, Jehovah's Witness? What about all these different religions? Which one is the correct one? And you see how confusing it can be. So hopefully today we can unwrap it of do all religions lead to God, but the question we've got to ask ourselves is this. What God? What God are we talking about? Because we have to go back to home base. What God are we talking about? Here in Hawaii, we've grown up in our culture because our ancestors here believed in many different gods and still do. So when you talk about do all religions lead to God, people are going to say, well, which God are you talking about? So we have to define which God we're talking about. Now, the first five books of the Bible were written by a man by the name of Moses. We know, many of us know him as the one who led the people of Israel out of Egypt, out of slavery, and into the Promised Land. He was also the one who uh, came before the Red Sea, and God split the Red Sea. Uh, so we, we know a little bit about Moses, but he wrote the five, first five books of the Bible uh, that we know as the Pentateuch, or they call it the Torah. And there are many religions birthed out of the first five books of the Bible. Now, the reason why Moses was writing the first five books of the Bible was to let the people know which God they were serving. That's why if you read in the Bible, you you will hear the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's like giving God's identity of which God they're talking about. So when Moses would write the books, he started off saying this. Remember in Genesis? Remember the first five, the first words of the book of Genesis? In the beginning, God created. So the God we're really talking about is the God who created. He's the God who birthed creation. He's the God who brought forth everything that we see. He's the God who created mankind. He's the creator, the heavenly father. So that's who Moses is talking about, and that's the God we're talking about. He's the God of the Holy Bible. Now, if you're reading the Bible uh, with us through your devotions and the bookmarker, then we're reading about Nehemiah, where they had to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem because they were torn down due to uh, captivity and uh, oppressors and people coming against them. And so we're reading in the book of Nehemiah. And if you haven't had the opportunity to do your devotions or you're wondering what that is, you can go to our website under the area of devotions or resources, and it'll help you. Or you can ask one of the staff and they will help you. We also have the bookmarkers at our information center. But Nehemiah was talking about uh, rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem. and, And he came to a point of thinking, wait a minute, why are we rebuilding? What's the whole point of rebuilding? Are we just building a wall? There has to be a reason. And so he had to go back to the cause and go back to the reason why they were rebuilding this wall. So, you can take out your notes from your bulletin. And in Nehemiah 9, verses 19 through 21, as they're rebuilding the walls of the Jerusalem and they finalize the wall and rebuilding it in a record 52 days, they're now celebrating and confess their sins to God. And they're recalling who they're praying to and who they're confessing their sins to. And, and it says this But in your great mercy, you did not abandon them to die in the wilderness. The pillar of clouds still led them forward by day, and the pillar of fire showed them the way through the night. You sent your good spirit to instruct them, and you did not stop giving them manna from heaven or water for their thirst. For 40 years, now catch that, 40 years you sustained them in the wilderness, and they lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out, and their feet did not swell. The Bible says they didn't lack anything. Think about it. They didn't lack anything, but many of them lacked a relationship with God for 40 years because they were going back and forth, obeyed God, disobeyed God, obeyed God, disobeyed God, complained against God, then they went along with it. Every time they hit an obstacle, they cried out to God. So Nehemiah is recalling, saying, wait a minute, the God that we're talking about is the God that led this people, us, our ancestors, through the wilderness for 40 years while we were complaining to him, while we didn't even have a relationship with him, while we didn't even believe in him, he still sustained us through those years. So Nehemiah is giving God's identity again, once again, the God of grace and mercy, the God who is relentless towards his people, who loves his people unconditionally. That's the God we're talking about. And so no matter what religion you believe, God still loves you. It doesn't matter what you believe, it doesn't change God's love for you. It doesn't matter how you live, God still loves you. doesn't matter what you're doing, God still loves you. No matter what you believe, God will always love you, but that is really not the issue, is it? Because the issue with the Israelites and those that Moses was leading and the ones that Nehemiah was talking about, it wasn't that God wasn't with them. It's proven he was with them through the wilderness, even though they weren't with him. The question is not, is God with us? The question is, are we with him? That's the actual question. So the the first thing we've got to understand, and you can write this in, is that everyone will face God one day, regardless of religion. Regardless of what you believe, we will all face God one day. See, the issue is not, is God going to be with us? The issue is going to be, Are we going to be with Him? And the issue is, am I with God and only Him? Or do I bring in all other religions in my belief in God? See, the question really isn't, do all religions lead to God? Because we will all face God one day, regardless of what religion you believe. We're all going to face God. But The question should be, will all religions allow me to spend eternity with God? We're all going to meet God. The day we die, we meet God. So the question is not, are we going to see God or is this religion going to lead me to God? It doesn't matter what you believe, you will be led to God. The question is, will I be able to spend eternity with God? Because here's the truth. Yes, all religions will lead to God because it doesn't matter what you believe you will see God, every single one of us. We will see God. See, all religions do lead to God, much like a flying airplane will land one day. When an airplane takes off, it's like we were born, and now we're going towards a destination. We're all living in this life, and we can only fly for so long. Now, either, either the airplane will land at its destination or it will crash. But either way, it will see land once again. Or water, wherever it hits. I don't want to see God in a crash. Which is just wait till I meet Him and then believe something. Because by then, you're, you're going to believe in God. Because you're going to see Him face to face. I'd rather, while I'm here in this life, say, wait a minute, Lord. There has to be more to just seeing You and being led to You through religious belief or through what I believe or just being an atheist. There's going to be a day where either I'm going to crash and see you or I'm going to have a safe landing and be with you for all of eternity because that's really the issue. I don't just want to see God. I want to be with Him for all of eternity. So we'll all come face to face with God regardless of the religion that we practice here on this earth. And look how Hebrews nine twenty seven and 28 explains it. It says, And just as each person is destined to die once, so there's no reincarnation, you die once, and after that comes judgment. So it's die, then judgment. Not die, come back as a cockroach. You die, and then you come back. I would never want to come back as that. Uh, after judgment, uh, after that comes judgment, so also Christ died once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people, He will come again not to deal with our sins because He already did that. Remember on the cross, He died for our sins. He already did that. But this is why He's going to come back, to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for Him. So let's just look at it this way. Let's just say here's our life, and here are all the different religions, and here is God. Here's God. And all these different religions, whatever people want to believe, all these different religions. Now, here we are. Some people say, well, I like this religion because it, it, it gives me the freedom to do this. Oh, I also like this one because it gives me the freedom to do those things also. Ah, you know, just in case, just in case, I might as well do these three because just in case this one is wrong and this one is correct, and then, then at least by the time I get to God, I can say, Oh, no, 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 I did believe in this one. Yeah, but you didn't believe in this one. Ooh, shucks, maybe I should believe in this one too. So we try as much as possible on our own merit to say, but I did these things, God, therefore I should be acceptable in your sight. Because if all these things lead to God, which many people believe these different religions lead to God, then we can believe in whatever we want, and it will lead us to God which is actually accurate, because we're going to see God one day, regardless of what religion we believe. But the question is not if I want to just see God. I want to be with Him for all of eternity. Nehemiah 9.31 continued, and it says, But in your great mercy you did not destroy them completely or abandon them forever. What a gracious and merciful God you are. See, that's the God we're talking about. He's gracious. He's merciful. So He doesn't abandon us. We actually abandon Him. We leave Him. See, the goal is not being led to God. The goal is where I end up after I meet God. After I'm led to God, what else? What then? See, here's the second thing. Here's here's what I have to ask myself, and this is the question we need to ask ourselves. Can I stand before a perfect God and be acceptable? Not if God will accept me as far as loving me exactly where I am, but will I be acceptable to God with all of my flaws, with my imperfections? Can I stand before a holy God when I see him face to face and be confident to say, I can live in that perfect place that you live, God, because this is how I lived my life. I was a good person, I did well for my family. I made a lot of money and I gave to charity. So you must accept me, God, into your kingdom. You must accept me into heaven because I did these things. Is that enough to get us to spend eternity with God? Because we'll all face God and we will all give an account for this life. But many will find that they're just not prepared to answer or give account in a manner that God is willing to actually accept for eternity got to remember, God is perfect. He lives in a perfect place called heaven. So in order for us to live in a perfect place, then we must be perfect. If you're not perfect and you live in an imperfect, and, and you try to live in a perfect place, will that place be perfect anymore? No, because an imperfect person lives there now. So if you're perfect, you can make it into heaven. If you've never sinned, You've never done anything to violate God's laws. You can make it into heaven. I'm just speaking for myself. I don't qualify. I do not qualify. And I don't know where you fit in that, but I might guess you might disqualify yourself too. If you're honest with yourself, you may say, you know what? Yeah, I've done some things that are not pleasing to God, and boy, I'm not perfect, so I, I don't know if I can get there. Because we don't have what it takes to stand before the judgment of God. Can good works justify us getting into a perfect place? Can, can me being a good father, when I stand before God, be my justification to get into this perfect place? Can I say to God, you know what, God, yeah, I did all these evil things, but, you know, as a father, I did well. I was at all the games. I spent time with my children. So based on that, God, I should be able to get into heaven. Based on that one. Yeah, don't look at all the other ones. Just, just look at this one because this is the ticket that I was looking for to get into heaven. And, and maybe if not, if I wasn't a good father, look how much I gave to charity. But look, even if that, even if that is not enough, God, look, look at what I did. I attended church every Sunday. Every single Sunday. Did not miss a Sunday. Even did Bible studies. And I had to listen to that pastor guy even though I didn't like it. I sat there and I listened. That should be enough. And I wonder if we believe that. I wonder if we think on our own merit we can go before a holy God and say, here's, here's all my accolades and, and here's, here's what I'm presenting to you as an offering to say, this should allow me to get into heaven. But I wonder if we could do that. My, my parents were Christians. My grandma prayed for me. My My siblings all went to church. My wife went to church. My husband went to church. So can I get in through that way? It's almost like going to a concert, trying to enter through the backstage door and saying, no, no, no. I know the guy at the gate. No, no, no. My brothers and sisters are in there. No, no. I know the singer. That's my brother. They're going to say, do you have a pass?" What do you need a pass for? I'm not a guy. Well, you need a pass. We understand that in our world, much less a holy place. Romans five ten says it like this: For when, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Aren't you glad that it's not on our own merit? That we can't get into heaven by ourselves. That because of what Jesus Christ has done, we're saved through Him. We're saved by grace through faith in the life of Christ, not religion. There's no way possible for us to be saved by religion. The central theme throughout the whole Old Testament is about the grace and faith that we have in this God. See, those who came before Jesus Christ, you know how they were saved? If you read in the book of Hebrews, that they were saved through faith, not by their works. Ephesians talks about it too. See, when, when, when Jesus came in the flesh, it's God incarnated into man. That we're not, we're not the ones responsible to get into heaven. That's what Christ did. It was his responsibility to die for our sins so that we could live in a perfect place with him forever. That was his responsibility. Our responsibility was to put our faith in him under his grace to save us. So even those that came before Jesus Christ, just because Jesus wasn't physically there at that time, it was his spirit that was still made available. That he came to die once for everyone. Therefore, their faith in God their repentive heart towards God was covered by the blood of the Lamb. That's why he's called the Lamb because in those days, the sacrifices in the Old Testament could not save them. It was Jesus Christ who saved them and their faith in the living God brought them to him. See, it's more than just a religion. It's a belief in the one who stands between us and God. So, yeah, we're all going to see God one day, but, but will, we, will we be with God for all of eternity? Because all roads are going to lead that direction. Now, either I'm going to see God as my judge or I'm going to see him as my savior. It depends what I decide here on this earth. What am I going to decide when Heidi and I got married, uh, and, uh, and before we got married, you know, I was 12. She was 13 years old when we met. So I was in the family for about seven years before we were married. And, you know, for seven years, I, I kind of uh, was, was already in the family. You know, you're just now a part of the family because you've been with them for seven years, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend. And so uh, you're in the family. But I wasn't legally in the family we're just boyfriend and girlfriend. And the day we got married, and the pastor said, well, who gives this woman away to be married to this man? Heidi's father said, my wife and I do. And then he tagged on these words. He said, so long as he doesn't give her back. And I, and I kept that as a, almost like a loving threat. So, And that was, that was the deal. It's like, you know what, Heidi, this is for life. And uh, we're, we're, there's no other option than to work it out. But that's the day that I signed our marriage certificate, our marriage license, and that's the day I legally became a part of her family. I was now her husband. Yeah, before that I was kind of I was in the family, but I wasn't legally a part of the family. See, many people are with God. They're led there or one day they'll be led to God after we die. But it's just like a marriage when it comes to the things of God. There's a reason why a great deal of the imagery of the Christian church is pictured as the bride of Christ. That's what we're called. The church is called the bride of Christ. There's a reason for that. See, in being a follower of Christ, we become the bride. The bride that he presents to the Father spotless. The bride of Christ, that He will present us to His Father as acceptable, now being a part of the family, into the family, legally, because of what He has done. I don't just want to see God. I want to be with Him for all of eternity. I don't just want to come face to face with Him. See, you can show up at your wedding but never get married, and then you'll never be part of the family legally. You can just show up at the wedding. And even if you propose and, and your spouse says yes, if you don't legally get married, you're just not part of that family legally. And many people through religion, they'll say, Oh, yeah, 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 I, I'm in this relationship. Yeah, I like, I, like, I like being close to God. I like, I like this. I, I like being a part of it. But they never developed this relationship to legally be into God's family. It's the only way. Well, how can that be the only way? Well, 1 Timothy two five it tells us this, that for there is only one God and how many mediators? Wait a minute, how many? What about all of these? Does that qualify? Why can't religion qualify? Well, me, the and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity. Religion can't do that. And it's the man, Jesus. We, religion cannot redeem mankind. What can you do with religion? How many rules can you put together to say, you qualify for being in the kingdom of God for all of eternity? It, 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 religion can't do that. Religion can't even pay one price of sin for us. It cannot cover our sin. It cannot do that. Because religion is man's attempt to get to God. But here's the last thing. Number three, following Jesus is not a religion. It is a relationship. That's what it is. See, religion is man's attempt to reach God. That's what, that's what religion tries to do. But relationship. Relationship is God's attempt to reach mankind through the person of Jesus. See, religion, I look at religion like cars on the road. They're all going somewhere. They all have a destination point. They're all going somewhere. But they're all heading in different directions; they're not heading to the same destination point, because all roads do not lead to the same place, and all religions go in different directions. Eventually, we'll see God, but they all go in different directions. I I look at I look at religion as as like a car. It it just it it has that that feel to it. You can just Go wherever you want to go. I look at relationship like the driver in the car. That Jesus is the driver of the car. That he knows exactly where to go. And even if the car broke down, he could still step out of the car. And you could step out of the car. And all he has to say is, I know where to go. Come, follow me. And then you follow him. Why? Because he knows where to go. He knows the way. Not the car. The driver knows the way. Well, you might say, well, there's many different drivers. There's religions that say that, that an angel appeared and, and so gave this man this, this manuscript, gave him this tablet, gave him this. And, and so maybe, maybe Jesus gave them instructions. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe. But it still has to lead back to Jesus Christ. How do I follow him though? How, how do I follow Jesus? How, how does that work? Where do I start? Now some of us grew up with that movie Terminator. Remember he, he came up and then the robot and Arnold Schwarzenegger. But there's, there's one part in that movie where he comes to the lady and, and uh, she's all panicking because now he's a good guy. And so she's panicking and then all he says is, come with me if you want to live. That's all he says. And I thought, that sounds just like Jesus Christ. Maybe not the accent, but that, those, that vo- that, that, those words, come with me if you want to live. That's what, that's what Jesus told us. That's why he said, come follow me. Come follow me if you want to live. Here on this earth, we're existing. But once we come to know him, now you're living. That's why he brings us to life, because he died and was, he rose again. So now he can do that for us. John 14, 6 tells us, and Jesus said to him, let's read this together, ready, go. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, when Jesus said that, it meant something. It meant something eternal. It wasn't just a catchphrase. He's telling us to follow him because he's the only one who paid the debt for our sin that we cannot pay. He's the one who died in our place so that when we stand before God, God finds us acceptable legally into his family because Christ paid the price for our sin that we could never pay for. There's no way possible we could pay for our sins. See, I have, I have multiple accounts, uh, banking accounts, and uh, there's just one day I, I got a statement or a, a form that said I was given a penalty because I had insufficient funds. And I realized what happened is I paid for something with a check, and I didn't uh, have enough funds to cover it, and I thought I transferred funds from another account, but I didn't, so I was penalized. I, I let them know this is what happened, and, and I kept trying to tell them, but they said, no, we know that happened. But the penalty is because you didn't have funds. I said, no, I did. I, have it, I had it in the other account. He said, yeah, but you didn't transfer it. I said, yeah, but couldn't you just have taken it from there? He said, we couldn't do that without your permission. We can't just do that. That's illegal. And I thought, it's exactly what Jesus did for me. I have an account for my sins that are paid in full. But he needs my permission to put it in my account of my debt of sins. If I don't give him permission, it's illegal for him to just say, "Oh, no, he believes in me." No, he doesn't. Well, he will, but he's not he's rejecting you. Yeah, but I paid for his sins. Jesus can do that. He's our mediator. He can say he can say, "Yeah, but I paid for his sins," which he did. It's all in his account. It's all in his name. It's all in his blood. It's all by his sacrifice. But unless I say, Lord, can you apply that to my account? Forgive me of my sins. If I never say that, it doesn't matter how much you paid. If it never gets transferred to my life, I owe a penalty. I have a debt. And that's how sin works. We all have a debt of sin that we can't pay. We just can't pay. It's too costly. The only way we could pay for it is if there's a perfect sacrifice to eliminate sin. Hey, by the way, Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. He is the perfect sacrifice. It's all paid for. All we have to do is transfer it to our life. It's that simple. I don't want to stand before God and and see Jesus on the side and him saying, I had, I had everything paid in full. I died for you. I gave my life for you. I was beaten. I was bruised. I was nailed to the cross for you. I did everything I could to pay the debt of your sin because I wanted to be with you forever. I had it paid in full. All you needed to do was accept it. But you were caught up in this. I can imagine the heartbreak of him saying, if he only said yes, it would have been transferred to your account. Your debt would have been paid in full. And you would have nothing to worry about when you see my father. Because then he would legally be your father too, not your judge. Romans 10, 12, and 13 It says Jew and Gentile are all the same, are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on Him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know why? Because He paid for it all. He did the hard work. He has an account that can pay the price of our sin. Doesn't matter your background. Doesn't matter what you believe right now. What matters is, did you say yes to Jesus paying for your debt of sin, so that we're acceptable into His family legally? Yeah, you can say, but I'm in this religion and that religion, but but when you stand before God, if If Jesus wasn't the central role of your life, then he said, If you rejected me here, when you get up here legally, I have to reject you because you're still in your sin. But he says, Now is the time, today is the day of salvation that all those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do all religions lead to God? Well, yeah, eventually. But I don't want to be just led to God. I I don't want to just see Him face to face. I want to be with Him for all of eternity because if I don't know God and I see Him face to face at that point, no matter what I believe on this earth, no matter who I believe is right or wrong or, or, or... how much I've been hurt and I turned against God, no matter what happens here on this earth, when I see him face to face, all of that would be gone. What will matter the most is where I end up after that. And I don't know about you, but I picture Jesus, when we get to heaven, when we, get, when we stand before God, that those who called upon him to pay their debt, because it's already paid in full, but to transfer that to, my, to our account Imagine standing before God the Father and God saying to you and I, what did you do with my son? And I want to be able to stand before God and say, God, I, I received him into my life. I said yes to him and he, he canceled my debt of sin. He paid the full price. I can say whatever I want. But I think the greatest words you and I will hear is not what we say. It's what Jesus will say. That as God the judge comes before us and us before him, that Jesus will step in the way as our mediator because that's what a mediator does. He says, Father, not this one. Because this one is with me. And he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your father's home. And that, my folks, is for all of eternity. Where the road ends with every other religion. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the father except through him. And I'm so glad it's that way. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, you have given us a way to to be with you for all of eternity. And sometimes we we really don't understand everything, but we do know this, that we've done things that are wrong, done things that are against you. We've said things that hurt people. We've done things that hurt people. We've done things that hurt you and said things that are not in line with and accordance with how you want us to live. We choose the way we want to live and what we want to believe. But today, Lord, we choose you. We choose the only way to get to you. But not just to see you face to face, but to spend eternity with you. And it's through the person of Jesus Christ. I pray if there's anyone here this morning that if you've never said yes to Jesus Christ and and you're saying, boy, I... I have a, an account, but I have insufficient funds right now. I can't pay the price for my penalty, for my sins. I can't pay for that. You should know that Christ already did that, and all you have to do is transfer that to your account, to your life. And so if you're here this morning and you're saying, boy, I would love that. I, I, I want to give Christ my heart today. I want to exchange His account for my account. Would you just lift a hand and we'll pray this morning together. Would you just lift a hand? Good, good. Many of you. Yeah. Yeah, God sees your hand. You don't have to look around. It's it's nobody else's business. Because when you stand before God, it'll just be you, nobody else but Jesus. Good, good. You can put your hands down. and, And let's pray this prayer together, especially for those who are saying yes to Jesus for the first time. Let's say this prayer together. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for paying for my sins I ask for you to transfer your life to transfer the payment for my sin to my life to my account I believe you died for me I believe you rose from the grave and I believe you are giving me eternal life and so I thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. With every head bowed and eyes closed, how many of you, maybe you're a Christian and you're saying, boy, I, I know many family members or friends or, or neighbors that I, they, may, they may understand this. They are trying all kinds of different things, but, but maybe this will help them. And maybe you're saying, can we just pray for my family and my friends, my coworkers, my neighbors? Because I'm trying to figure out a way to reach them. I'm giving them invitation cards. I'm trying to reach out to them one relationship at a time. But I just want to pray for them this morning. And if that's you, could you just lift a hand and we'll pray together for our family and friends. Good. Many of us. Many of us. You can put your hands down. Lord, we do pray for our family and friends. And right now, Lord, can you put a name and a face to go with this prayer? We pray together, Lord, as the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, For our family, our friends, our co-workers, our neighbors. That we would take the initiative and find a way to introduce them to you. Whether it's giving them an invitation card to our services, this series, or our pumpkin party. Whatever whatever way, Lord. We just just want to introduce people to you. Can you help us, Lord? We pray for their salvation. We pray that their eyes would be set on you. We pray that you would help them that even though they don't believe in you and they're in the wilderness, that your grace and mercy will be upon them, that one day when they recognize you as their God, they will say you were with them all the way even though they weren't with you. So we thank you for being the God of grace as we do our very best to reach people one relationship at a time. Thank you for doing that towards us. It's in your name that we pray and we all said amen.